I like to think of myself in a period of my artistic career and also hero's journey known as refusal of call. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm still the protagonist. I'm still going to do the thing. It's just I don't want to write it. Do you guys find, I find the refusal of call to be so friggin' tedious anytime mm-hmm. uh, it's a movie or a book or play or whatever, and the protagonist has to spend that 15 minutes going like, but I don't want to. I can't. You're the protagonist of the movie. Just go do it. It's in the script. Just go. <laughs> it doesn't add anything to have you like bitch and moan for 10 minutes. We all know you're going to go do the thing. <laughs> We're watching a movie called You Do the Thing. <laughs> It's Laura DeCesar and Will Kurtz from the web series The Way of the Warrior Bunny. This is the Unreliable Narrator Theater Group's podcast. So there's a fight scene between Cathar and Jenny's character... Uh, Lois. Lois. And uh, they're, they're fighting, you know, Lois is trying to get Cathar's strength back up to go do what he needs to do. And there's some sexual tension between them. And then they bust out in this crazy fight scene. And we were doing it in Jenny's office overnight, which was this kind of really cool sort of warehouse-y, but also kind of art deco-y and also kind of open office environment, cubes and such. And uh, a few people from our crew kind of went and found this dolly. We fashioned it in such a way to use it uh, for uh, a shot that we had that was Cathar chasing Lois down a hallway, like basically a cube, a cube hallway. And the way that we did this was, you know, we were pulling the dolly uh, backwards as fast as we could. I just remember like trying to stop myself short before hitting, you know, going through the window with like two human beings on a dolly that was now going, you know, 15 miles an hour at least and just absorbing that in my body cavity and just like having my life flash before my eyes. Um, The shot looks really cool though. I mean, I've I've almost died a few times in your projects, but it's not a big deal. One time I almost killed a baby. No, that's almost. True. That's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, which which project was that? Uh, well, it wasn't a project. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hobby. <laughs> uh, I was at this um, this like dance thing one time, and uh, there was this, you know, like the uneven. It was like in this kind of gymnasium place, and you know those like uneven bars that you use for gymnastics. Yeah. So it was kind of like one of those. And I leaned on it thinking it was attached to the floor, but it wasn't. It was just there. And by leaning on it, I knocked the whole thing over. And I look over as it's falling and someone has like just put a random baby on the floor there and like wandered away like there was no like adult anywhere to be found. So this giant, like, heavy bar thing comes crashing down, misses the baby's head by about an inch. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, you guys, I think, know me. um, And there's nothing, like, horrible that you don't know about me. But, like, 
one more inch and you'd be talking to Will the baby murderer right now. <laughs> and I don't know if uh, we could have the same level of conversation. No, that would clearly be manslaughter. Just to, to comfort you. Thank you. I, I appreciate the technicality. Baby slaughter. Baby, <laughs> baby slaughter. Not a that man. sounds much worse. It's definitely how the world word works. What are you in for? <laughs> baby slaughter. I love babies. I just can't eat a whole one anymore. So Emerson is very, very special. And they did a musical of The Little Prince and decided that the set would be these giant six-foot round platforms that were raked at about a 30-degree angle. And there were probably three of them on stage at any given time. And they were the whole stage was covered in a big sheet. And that was the set. And in between scenes, they had these fans that would blow underneath the fabric so that the uh, run crew could run under they were literally a run crew in this show they would run underneath and push the platforms around these poor little freshmen who were doing their stage crew requirement one of them got a concussion because they'd have to blow the thing they called it the bladder it was ridiculous blow the bladder up in the air freshmen would run in and push the platforms around they have to get out before the fans turned off and the the fabric came back down so that was how they changed the scenery. And then they put six dancers, I think there were six of us, on top of the fabric. It's really hard, by the way, to dance on unsecured fabric, especially when it's on top of a 30-degree wooden platform. It's a terrifying project. Um, oh my God. It was fun, but realized. dang, it was scary. Oh, and then there I said, okay, stand on that rehearsal cube, which um, for those of you who can't picture one in your mind, it's about a foot square. Um, and dance on that on top of the fabric, which is slightly at an angle. It, it was like, really, I, I'm amazed we all survived. I really am. It's great. Uh, Paranormal was my honors project for theater studies. I got to work with Bob Colby as my advisor. Mostly he, I remember him from uh, Theater for Young Audiences and his amazing quotations. Because he would say oh, these yeah. things off the cuff that he wouldn't even know they were funny. Like... There was one, he was telling us about um, a trip he went on where he went on a sightseeing cruise with glass-bottomed boats. And he, he said, he looked at the class in all seriousness and said, it was really great. You know, you just, you're sitting there and you look down between your legs and you have a glass bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was it for the rest of the class. Bob, Bob. Uh, Bob. Glass bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's right. You and some other people kept that book. Yeah, and Jackie you, and you and ja- yeah, you and Jackie. Yeah, Hi, Jackie. Uh, Probably gonna Jackie. listen to this. We uh, recorded all the all the quotes we heard, funny quotes from from teachers, from fellow students, mostly from each other, from movies. But we have some Bob Colby gems, definitely. I, I remember he was like, "So what's so? What is the message of this play? Is it is it just like thou shalt not do hanky panky with the uh, <laughs> yes. man with his socks on? With man with socks on." <laughs> <laughs> what was the play? Uh, it wasn't Romeo and Juliet. Uh, so Laura, what's what's it like to uh, to be an artistic person now and do a lot of different stuff? 
as you do. <laughs> what, a, what a very specific question. <laughs> um, I spend much of my time um, helping to run three dance companies with a friend who is also my housemate. Um, I can yell up the stairs, where's the doohickey? And depending <laughs> on what type of gig we have coming up, what company we're working with, and what we've been doing earlier that day, she knows which of the six doohickeys to direct me to. So yes, that is a thing. So it's really fun. Um, and then the rest of my time, I um, my quote unquote day job is writing uh, marketing content, but I've also been coming back to fiction, which is sort of my first art form. Um, I wrote my first story when I was four years old. Dancing, writing, or walking the dog is usually, you know, my three primary activities. You know, I don't think I know too many writers slash dancers. No, they're not. Yeah, it's not a common blend because most dancers can't sit still for more than 10 seconds. But <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Is, do you find um, uh, do you find that there are similarities in the in the approach or is it kind of different? Sections not at all. Um, it's kind of very different sections of my brain. Um, I spend most of my time in my head and I really have to shift out of that space to to get into the dance stuff. I feel like dance is part of what keeps me more well-rounded because otherwise I would just be, you know, a floating head on legs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it reminds me that there are other ways of being and sort of cycles the the energy through, through my body and through my, you know, the other parts of myself. I also do a lot of folk dancing, which is a haven for um, many brainy people. I don't actually do much contra anymore, but oh. I do mostly international and Scottish. Um, but for nice. those people who are in the Boston area, the Copley Square Folk Dance Series is starting up July. It's Tuesdays in July and August, 7.30 to 9.30 at uh, Copley Square right near the fountain. It's totally free. Um, there are several, con the first night is a contra night. I believe Steve Zakon Anderson is the caller. Um, and after that, it switches. Mostly it's international and it's everything's taught. You know, most of the people who come are right off the street, you know, wandering by going, what the heck are they doing? Next thing they know, they're doing a Kalimatinos, which is a, a Greek dance or, you know, they're doing a, a couple dance. So it, it's really cool. It's every Tuesday and it's right in Cobbly Square and it's totally free. I'm curious about what running a dance company is like. It's a lot of packing costumes into garment bags. Um, <laughs> I'm very skilled at pushing a garment rack across a, you know, cement floor. Sending out emails to, to creatives is often like herding cats. Yeah. I, I, I write the sentence, please, for the love of God, fill out the doodle at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> they asked us to do this gig tomorrow, people. We need to know your availability. Um, so, yeah, it's a combination of herding cats and packing suitcases. Do you, do you find running it also brings you out of your head or does it sort of shove you? It sort of shoves head? me back into my I know head. What you mean. Therapist Log 7719. An important day at work. I have to take a break for my most important client, myself. That wasn't like a self-care thing. I, I mean, I'm going to send a message to myself 20 years in the past. Twenty years ago, I was at a pivotal time in my life, and I experienced a vision of myself as an adult, giving me a gift and some words of wisdom and encouragement. You have the basics, uh, Krista. So, 
use them. Um, what are your instincts telling you right now about how to handle the duel? They say, run away now. Oh. Well, then I guess um, ignore your instincts. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent years trying to make myself ready to give that speech. You might think I shouldn't worry about it because it was preordained, but the more you do psychicry, the more you find out that nothing's really preordained in the universe. Here goes nothing. It'll take a few minutes to warm up. The gift cell said it's the message that's hard. The basics. The only way to send a message across time is through the astral plane, and you have to be beyond focused. It's hard to explain if you're not a psychic. It's also hard to explain without sounding like a hipster. But just take my word for it. To do it, you have to be like one of the top 10 psychics. I mean, there's not really a way to measure top 10 psychics. That's nonsense. It just, it, it just sounds that I'm... The point is that it, it made me better at my job. Being a psychic therapist pays about as well as Spotify. But I've been able to get some income as a paranormal investigator cleaning houses. That feels easy, partly because there's so many quacks that if you actually know what you're doing, word gets around. Uh, are you Krista? Yes, hi. You've got a poltergeist? It's awful, Doctor. He's screaming twice a week. <laughs> hear that? I hear it. I got you some crosses and some holy water and some steaks, just to be sure. Oh, he's not a vampire. Just do what you have to do. Okay. Uh, hey, hey ghost. Yo! You're bothering my friend here. When you feel like yelling, would you mind yelling a few decibels higher so he can't hear? Like the 30 kilohertz plus range? Uh, above 70 if he gets a dog. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry about that. I keep forgetting I'm dead. No problem. And just to keep it all copacetic, my friend agrees to leave out a loaf of Portuguese sweetbread every other weekend for you. Every other weekend? Wow! I feel like I'm the one making out on this deal. How can I say no? You come around any time, doctor. Thanks. Uh, that'll be $300. For that? I could have done that. Oh, could you have gone to S2003J3 and spent a year with the great Sneeya? Guess not. Well, you're cheaper than the mold guys anyway. That's just what my mother used to say. <laughs> Had a girl, Krista. When people challenge you, you just gotta show them you've got brains. Brains. Brains! And then there's Petey, my zombie pirate friend. His presence was the one concrete detail about my future life that I could glean from that vision, so I made sure to stay in touch. He's pretty smart. Krista, did you see? They, they've changed to the new kilogram. It'll be much more accurate than the old kilogram because it's based on Planck's constant. That's great, Petey. It may not matter to us, but it'll help scientists get more calculations in their brains. Bra brains? Brains! Uh, I said it wrong back there. It's not S2003J3 anymore. They call it Jupiter X3 now. Um, they think it's the moon of Jupiter. But they're wrong about that. It's not a moon, it's a guy. I found out about Sneha in a random conversation with my mentor, Cathar, back when I was helping him finally move out of his parents' basement. You can do it, Krista. Just move the bookshelf a little bit down and turn it diagonal at the same time. That's how we got it down here. 
Aren't you sure you didn't get it down here by turning it into rubber and back? Of course not. Only the great Snea could do something like that. But just turn. I want a break. Okay, break. So, who's Snea? I have to be honest, by this time in my life I'd been adventuring with Cathar for a couple of years, but I was getting tired of asking Cathar what things were, like I was some kind of Doctor Who companion. But at the time, I just never thought about what I could find out on my own. He is a warrior of great power, but also a teacher. Few dare approach him. He can dispatch you with one look, but if he smiles his favor on you, it is said that you will gain the purest sense of the universe. That idea stuck in my head. The purest sense of the universe. When you're a psychic, a lot of your world is defined by who you can and can't see. At the very same time, I was going through a rough time in grad school. Namely, grad school. It seemed like every other week some new being would find me. If a celestial unicorn shows up, you can't tell them to go away because you have midterms in the morning. At least, I couldn't, and neither could you, be honest. So anyway, long story short, I decided to take some time off from grad school and meet this thing. So, Snea, right? Snea! Krista, I must protest! You could die! I think I can handle it. I could die in any of my adventures with you. But those adventures are cool! This is just going to be staring! Have you thought of the time differential? Given how slowly he experiences time, it's going to be a month before he even notices you. I could use some time alone. Just don't let yourself get lost. If you are out more than six months, your human grace period on your human student loans lapses, and your human credit report will be done for. You let me worry about my human credit report. Ugh, famous last words. When you are done, text me. And with a wave of the hand, Cathar teleported me through space to Jupiter X3. I sat on this spot next to his eye and I waited. The easy part was the atmosphere. My oxygen spells were second nature by now. And so were my defense spells. But keeping them all up at the same time while reaching out to this creature was tough. I spent the first month just sending out hello, along with the first ten prime numbers. I got bored. I got frustrated. I questioned what I was doing there. But the more bored I was, the more I was determined to see this through. I've always been anxious. All of these ghosts coming at my head through all of my life since I was a kid. But none of them were on this asteroid. It was just me and him. I hadn't thought of how strange that would be. I hadn't thought about how many distractions I wouldn't have to deal with here. And as I realized that, I realized that Snea was saying hello to me. By the end of the second month, I had the gist. He isn't a warrior. He is a being made up of a lot of different substances and a lot of different dimensions, and inevitably, that means that something in him is fatal to most life if you come in contact with it. I had enough different defense spells running that I could stay. So it wasn't intentional, but everyone assumed it's like a weapon because he's so far out of our time. But by the time I'd gleaned all that, I'd already seen more of the universe than I'd seen in all my travels. Whenever I want to feel like I'm losing perspective, I think of this. Most of what we call psychicry is undiscovered science. The average human hears between 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz. We can see between 400 and 700 nanometers. 
I'm not going to get into the ethereal spectrum because there's no consensus on Earth for measuring that yet, but let's just say it's incredibly narrow. Anything that's visible or audible outside of those narrow bands is invisible to us. To see it, you have to do something or expand your frame of reference, like a radio telescope, or, or you can learn telepathy, or you can use Snia's method of just becoming really, really, really old without dying. So old, they mistake you for a moon. It's like the better you are at seeing a thing that humans can see, the better you get at seeing a thing humans can't see. So you start seeing another thing and another and another. Put it this way. There was a ridge there that looked like a rock at first. But over a few months, I began to see another thing around it. Let's call it a color. This was a new color I hadn't seen before on Earth. When I got back, I began to see it around more things, especially epsilon-level ghosts. Then, when Cathar and I were swallowed by a fish on Tretmalthok, I saw it there, and because I knew that color, really knew it, I could talk to that fish and get it to spit us up. If I hadn't done this, no way I could have gotten us out of that. But, and this is the hardest part of all, if I go in thinking like that, I won't learn. Quid pro quo ruins what I'm talking about. This is the kind of knowledge that only comes to you when you're lost. But I went back to grad school and somehow everything was different. Whatever kind of beast comes up to me, I've seen something like it before. I've survived something like it before. But nothing like that paralyzes me anymore because how could it? In a universe this big, how could it? And that, I guess, is what I want to tell myself. Suddenly it picked up and it was me. Young me. Uh, oh, uh, oh, okay, um, hi. Uh, I'm not really sure how this works, but when I was 14, I remember getting an important... I couldn't believe I was ever that tiny. I fell back on pop culture references. My old conversational crush, Logan's Run, came up. That's a movie not even sci-fi fans like nowadays. I guess it was an old joke. The robe was the thing she'd need, not my stupid, dumb words. That's what you need when you're a young psychic. It's not about theory, it's about blasting stuff. I stammered through the thing, I can't even remember what I said. Then I put my foot in it. I, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but you look like my old yearbook picture. I can't hey, go- Hey, cut that out! Thank you for the things you hit me and get out of my face. Golf. Oh, Brad sometimes. Brad? Of all the nerve, I offended myself. Don't be too hard on either of yourselves, landlubber. Time has not changed, so you gave her what she needed, and that's the best you can hope for. I guess. I just wish it had gone better. I wish I'd gotten it across in some way so she'd look at me now and say, Hey, you're great. What teenagers can't say that? Y you're right, they can't. Then I guess... I wish I'd said thank you. For what, she'd say. Oh, well. I guess some things are just for the fullness of time. This episode featured Laura DeCesar and Will Kurtz, with special guest Neil Leahy. Original material copyright 2019, all rights reserved. To send remarks on things mentioned in this show, send them to unreliablenarratorpodcast at gmail.com. Visit unreliable-narrator.com or Twitter at unarrator. They should they should have like uh uh no no they shouldn't um so <laughs> they should don't sell yourself short they absolutely short. should and they do in some parts of the country they do.